Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian, and this is Maggie, and on this episode, we're doing the 28th Best Picture winner, Marty. This is a 1955 romantic drama directed by Delbert Mann, starring Ernest Borgnine and Betsy Blair, and it's about really just the relationship between these two lonely people who have not had like a whole lot of luck with love. Um, Marty Paletti. I know it really is. The title (laughs) character, Marty Paletti, and then Clara. And I think they say her last name is like Snyder. Snyder, I think. Something like that. They only say her last name once, but anyway, it's adorable. It really is sweet. I mean, some of some of the language that they use is very like dated and like doesn't come off well, but But at the same time, I think it's still and we'll get more into it once I go through background. I think that while some of those things you're like yes, the language is dated and it doesn't come off well, I think those conversations are still relevant today. Yes, like they'd still potentially happen just yeah. you'd use different words. Yes, exactly. Like the language itself might be dated, but I think like mm-hmm. the sentiment of those conversations is like kind of timeless. I completely agree. Now, like some of the the way that they talk about marriage within the community, like that is definitely dated and but it may still, not happen the same way, it, but but in some communities it still does. Like, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's fair. it is both very of its time and both very universal at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Weirdly. Dealing with like expectations of your family and like right. what you're going to do and where does, do your parents fit in in your life and all that fun yeah. stuff. So Yeah, for sure. So running through background really quick so we can get to all that good stuff. This was the fourth American film to win the Cannes Festival and one of two movies to win the Cannes Festival and be awarded what at the time was the Palme d'Or. I think they've changed the name of the award, but it's like um, Is the that highest really that prize at golden the Golden Apple? Golden Palm. Palm. P-A-L-M? Yes. Oh. Because it's French, but yeah. I thought it was P-O-M-M-E. And no, I was no, like, no. that's a weird no, no, award. No, it's golden Palm, <laughs> which is also a weird name for an award, but okay. But the only other one to do that was The Lost Weekend. Interesting. I can see how both of those films would have done well yeah. in a slightly more, what's the word I'm looking for? Like artistic, highfalutin <laughs> environment. <laughs> or also have had like a lot of international success mm-hmm. um, because I think both those movies deal with something that is sort of cross cultural mm-hmm. and not like super American. Because I think sometimes we get best picture winners, a lot of times we get best picture winners that like, are very America centric and very well, yeah, I American value centric, which makes sense because they're you know American yeah. films. But well, I like think on the waterfront, from here to eternity, like almost all of them that I can think through are, are very American centric, right? Exactly, and I mean even if you take like Gone with the Wind, which had a bunch of international success, it's still very American centric. Yes. So like I think you know Marty and The Lost Weekend, it makes sense that they would do so well because they are both kind of artistic. They both focus very much on people and relationships mm-hmm. in a way that is cross-cultural. Yes. Cool cast background. So Ernest Borgnine, obviously known as playing like villains and stuff. He was our like villain in From Here to Eternity. He played mm-hmm. that like sadistic um, MP officer. Not gonna lie. While I knew that they were the same person, like in my mind, I just couldn't. There was no connection. I know. So, <laughs> like, but he's unrecognizable from well, that character. And not Marty. really like a romantic lead, like in the traditional sense mm-hmm. for Hollywood, especially at that time. So, this really offered him kind of a chance to be that like sympathetic lead. And he absolutely kills it. Oh, yeah. Does a phenomenal he's... job. And it's it's such amazing casting. Fun fact, too, his, one of his uh, co-stars in From Here to Attorney, Burt Lancaster, was the producer on this. Oh, nice. It was adapted from actually a teleplay that was directed by Delbert Mann. This was Delbert Mann's first film directorial debut. Well, he did really amazing. well. <laughs> yeah, well, and it was written by... Uh, well, but if he directed teleplays, like... Exactly. Eh, but some of that translates. Remember, it's 55, too. So Patty... Uh, Chayefsky, who wrote the screenplay, had also written mm-hmm. the teleplay. And the idea that you are now taking, because remember, again, it's 55, television, relatively new. All of the movie studios are terrified mm-hmm. of it. So that's why you're seeing them do these big budget productions like The Greatest mm-hmm. Show on Earth, because they're like, well, television can't do this. So we have to put on something that just like wows you because yeah. of these budgets and like the scale that we can do. But then you have Marty win, which is this like very contained, small, it took them 16 days to shoot plus three days of reshoots, 
Right. Whoa. Well, I guess for a 90 minute film, that makes sense. Right. (laughs) But like, it's, you know, it's this small film about interpersonal relationships that came from a television adaptation. And to be able to say like, one, you can get good stuff, like Oscar winning stuff from television. So television is now like a more valid art form. Mm -hmm. And you can also still win a major movie award with these like smaller kind of indie feeling pictures. I love that you call this as an indie feeling picture. And I agree with you. (laughs) Before there were indie films, there were indie films. (laughs) I actually don't know too much about the history of indie film, but I'm, I mean, I know it became really big in the sixties. So Mm -hmm. we're kind of on the cusp there. Uh, Betsy Blair was actually married to a podcast favorite, Gene Kelly. Oh, Uh and she played Clara, right? Yeah, she played Clara. And again, she also kills it. Can I just really point out for a second, too? I'm getting ahead of myself. But they're like, oh, she's so plain. She's such a dog. She is not an ugly person. She is quite... No, they just have her dressed a very particular way. And they have her hair styled a very particular way. And her makeup very, like, one-dimensional. Yeah, exactly. Um, But she was married to Gene Kelly. And she had actually been blacklisted due to communist sympathies. Again, we're in the 50s. But Gene Kelly, obviously... (laughs) Yes, for real. Gene Kelly, obviously a humongous star at the time, really leveraged because um, Betsy Blair really, really wanted this part. Mm-hmm. And Gene Kelly hardcore lobbied to help her get it. And he Oh, did. and it was a fantastic and choice. She's, again, amazing. And I can't imagine anybody else playing that. Mm-hmm. So this is number 64 on the American Film Institute's 100 Passions. So like 100 Greatest Love Stories film oh. list. Other awards and nominations. So Delbert Mann won for Best Director. Again, first film directorial debut. But he had directed before. He had directed before. Ernest Borgnine won for Best Actor. Well Well deserved. deserved. Patty Chayefsky won for Best Adapted Screenplay. I think also well deserved. We'll talk about it more, but the dialogue in this film is brilliant. And especially her attention to the side His. dialogue. It's His. Paddy, P-A-D-D-Y. P-A-D-D, Pat. Oh, okay, Pad. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. His attention to I'm like... I'm Southern, so I say my T's like D's. Paddy. <laughs> His attention to the um, like side dialogue, too, yes. was really yes, impressive. Yes, yes, yes. And there are a couple spots that I definitely want to call out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Mantel was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. He played the friend, Angie. <laughs> which I got some thoughts on Angie. I mean, he's an asshole. Yes. We don't like him. He's the old equivalent of a fuckboy. A boy. lot of people in this um, movie are assholes. Yeah. Um, Betsy Blair was nominated for Best Supporting Actress, but did not win. Oh. It was nominated for Best Set Direction, Black and White, and nominated for Best Cinematography, Black and White. I'm not sure how I feel about the cinematography nomination. There were some nice shots, but nothing that And then there were some really bad away. ones, like... Yeah, and there's yeah, going to call one out. Focus seemed off a little bit a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't as tidy as we've seen, like, no, granted, cinematography. And granted, the, the one we watched before this was on the waterfront, <laughs> yeah, which is like, like masterclass of cinematography. So, you know, there's oh, definitely some bias there. Mm-hmm. Um, eh, see, I, I don't think it's biased to. No, like, no, I mean, I both. still would not, like, we have definitely seen cinematography that blows me away so much more than this. Mm-hmm. This was the final year at the Oscars that Best Foreign Language Film was an honorary category. Um, Starting the year after this, it would become a competitive category. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. And other nominees from that year, none of which I've actually seen, are Love is a Many Splendored Thing, Mr. Roberts, Picnic, and The Rose Tattoo. I'm a little sad that The Night of the Hunter is not on here, which we will have to watch at some point because it is, <laughs> I want to talk about good cinematography, that is creepy AF. Robert Mitchum's one of like the best villains of all time in that film. It's I where the really love, do want to see that. the love, hate, knuckle tats come from. Really? Yeah. That comes from the 50s? Yeah. Wow. It may even come from before that, but that's the first time I know I've seen uh-huh. it. But yeah. So <laughs> we'll have to, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that might end up as a Halloween episode. All right. Watch notes. So, wasn't blown away by the opening, but I did enjoy the, like, establishing Marty as the, like, butcher where everybody just, like, knows him, talks to him. It's like, you should be ashamed for not being married They're yet. They're so like, mean to him because he's 34. They really are. He's 34 in this. Oh, God. Like, he's going <laughs> to die an old bachelor. I know. They're all, like, acting like he's, like, 80. Well, his younger, t- like, siblings have all gotten married as we find yeah, out. Yeah, because he has, what, a... A younger brother and like three Two younger three, sisters. Yeah. yeah. And they're we all, never see any they're all married, but everyone keeps being like, you should be ashamed of yourself that you're not married and they're all married. And it's like, leave poor Marty alone. And oh my God, 
Marty is so nice about it because I would not be. He really is. Well, and this was the part that kind of I alluded to earlier where I was kind of like, not being married is not something to be ashamed of. Yes, but also... God. I mean, I've never had anybody look at me and be like, you're 27 and not married. You should be ashamed of yourself. But you are married, so you've not... That's in the past <laughs> year, <laughs> been to a cousin's wedding and had people questioning you on your relationship status. <laughs> so put that into some perspective. Yes, that's fair. I'm not necessarily qualified to speak my on My response this. <laughs> was not as polite as Marty's, but it wasn't mean. My response was, let me take my flask and pour a little bit of whiskey into my iced tea. <laughs> take the edge right off. Right response. But I... I don't know. I thought that was like a tidy opening, even if it, it wasn't was. like mind-blowingly was. beautiful it, or anything like that. It sets up Marty as this very easygoing character, at least on the surface. Mm-hmm. But Ernest Borgnine, this is already the start of his really good performance, where we can tell it does bother him. Yes. Which it should, because the, these people are they're being so brutal. rude. And they're so rude. And it's like... Just come on, be nice to this poor guy. He's he is like cutting you off some steaks. Especially like considering the fact that they're not even like related to him. No, like your family shouldn't do that to you. So people you're not related to definitely shouldn't do that to you. I could be totally speaking out my ass here, but I believe that is also kind of like a they're within the Italian American community in New York, which is really tight knit, and so they're like extended friends. It's definitely like a like a a close community type thing. Exactly. Um. I think it's also interesting that this is our second movie in a row that very much focuses on working class characters. Yeah, that is true. And really is kind of like slice of life for Mm -hmm. these working class characters. Because we have had working class characters in other films, Mm -hmm. but they're either not the main character or there's also an affluent main character there Mm -hmm. to balance it out like in what like in It Happened One Night, where you have like a working class and like an upper class character. I feel like Clara is kind of positioned to be a little more upper. Like she's I mean, she's strictly middle. Like I would put her in like... Well, yeah, that's what I mean by more. Like in terms of social status, her family would potentially be slotted above Marty's. Like we don't have any heiresses. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Not not anybody that can't or sorry, doesn't have to work. And it's like very much... And I mean like, yeah, I'm sure like the characters in greatest show on earth and like Mm -hmm. from here to eternity were like you know technically working class but it's like they're either in this circus environment or this military environment like we don't it's not really just like a Mm day-to-day life of this working class character in the way that i think we get in this one and that we got in on the waterfront Mm -hmm. definitely um but one one other thing that i really did like in this initial scene too is it started setting up some of the really snappy dialogue that we yes. get because it, it's rapid fire especially the kind of throwaway conversations that we get and so again the writing was fantastic thank you patty yes. patty 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 yeah yes. i'm going to mess that up the rest of this episode Hard so <laughs> um i also there was one line and i don't have the context of it written in my notes but Ernest born nine at some point just says everybody drives me crazy and i was like i feel this oh yeah i think that was this at the bar when he was talking with angie because like right yes. after that scene he goes to the bar which can i just point out we get our second movie television set in the bar oh. first one was in on the waterfront second one was now and so that was like the thing that jumped out at me for whatever reason don't know why (laughs) well because we just haven't seen them you know yeah so like becoming more mainstream um but again they continue with this really fun dialogue with angie and him and they circle this around later in i I love like dialogue symmetry Especially when it kind of bookends films, I like it. Film I like it when you do really it visually well. with cinematography, and I also like mm-hmm. it when you do it with dialogue. And where basically Angie's like, "What do you want to do tonight, Marty?" And he's like, "I don't know, Angie. What do you want to do?" And they go around like this for I swear to God five minutes. But it's also <laughs> at the same time, it's like it's too long. But I have also been in that conversation loop before. I didn't think it was too long because I think it was just long enough to be funny. And that's the thing. I know you said yeah. it's like a romantic drama, but there are some ma- major oh, comedic absolutely. moments in this that absolutely. I love. I and definitely laughed out loud a couple of times. But like that conversation is so relatable. I think we have done We've that conversation. We've definitely done that. What we do you want to eat? Oh, yeah. Ours is about food. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we usually end with the what do you want to do with like, let's play Overwatch later. But the food, one, the food ones are more of our loops. Oh, it absolutely is. Um, but that was really nice. And it kind of establishes them as like, okay, they're going to go out and do something later. Yeah, because like An- Angie's like, we should go pick up some girls. And Angie just 
they establish in that first conversation but i also just am like you look no fun angie yeah he just looks like he'd be so boring to talk to and nothing in this film changes my mind about that oh agreed well he, he has that drive to hook up and nothing else but he's like got the drive but he also like doesn't really act on it that much like he's well but it's like he tries but i think he tries so hard but like oh see i was gonna take the opposite one it's like he tries but he doesn't actually put in real effort to have a real relationship and then it's like why don't girls like me that's because he thinks he has to go about it one way and like is laser focused on one thing but he doesn't even try that hard for the trees but he doesn't even try that hard like he's just like (laughs) he expects these like models to just be falling all over it. yeah i don't get it i don't get it but yeah there are several characters like there are several characters like that basically all of marty's friends who i'm like marty you are so much better than these people you hang out with you are so much nicer you have so much more depth to you as a person yeah and all of his friends are just like they are the kind of and it's done this is done very purposefully i think to set Mm -hmm. marty apart Oh, definitely. All of his friends like, are set up as these as the kind of guys who, you know, they don't put they're not that ambitious. They don't put a lot of effort into like themselves mm-hmm. and like their personal care and like their lives, but then they expect these like bombshell women mm-hmm. to just be all over them. Right. Which and is not how that works. No. Like it's if you expect your partner to put in effort, you also need to be putting in effort. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't want to put in effort, then don't expect your partner to. And if you're both on that same page, that is all good. Yeah, like, but yeah. you, it's one of those things where it's like, you need to be on the same page with people. Like you don't, mm-hmm. you don't need to expect the world from the other person while not being willing to put in yeah. anything yourself. Exactly. Um, which Marty is not like that. Like he is very, he, ha- he has no expectations. No. And he, he, it's very early established too, that like, and I, I like that from Marty, it's not, there was one bit that like kind of got towards being like the night the quote the nice guy speech, which is like the but I'm such a nice guy. But usually the was guys who the are like I'm such a nice guy, you're actually not such yeah, a nice guy. He actually is a nice guy. Marty <laughs> is actually a nice guy, and I like that they set that up not by having Marty be like I'm a nice guy. Why don't girls like me? But they show him being mm-hmm. kind. They they show him you know. Well, it, like to to move to the next scene here. There's a whole thing about um, Marty's mother's sister, oh, Katerina. My God. Which I can't stand, Katerina. I think we should, we'll set up this scene because it shows how nice Marty is. But yes. then I think we should go through the whole Marty Clara plot line and then we'll circle back. Yeah. And just like kind of touch on these. To the because I want to I want to talk actually quite a lot about that because it does factor more into the end. Yeah. But I think first let's set up the Marty Clara and then let's circle back. So Marty's cousin Andrew? Tommy. Tommy. God, where did I get Andrew? I'm horrible with character names unless yes. they're the main characters. And then, and even then it's even questionable. Um, so <laughs> Tommy and his wife. Um, Virginia. 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 Um, are asking Marty's mom if his mom's sister can come live with it's, it's Marty Marty's, It's Marty's aunt. Like, exactly. So it's his mom is Teresa and then her sister yes. Katerina. So Katerina is it's driving Tommy and Virginia crazy. They're in a tiny three-room mm. apartment let's, with a newborn. Let's specify a little bit more. She's driving Virginia crazy. Oh, yeah, that's true. And Tommy is often an asshole about it. Because yeah. he's like, Virginia, why couldn't she's you try? And, and Virginia's like, like, we got it. We cannot. Virginia's, Virginia's like, great, she's your mother, but she's not fucking my mother. Oh, my God. The line about we can't be happy if we continue to have to, like, whisper like this. This happened later in the film. Yes. But, like, there were some great, like, I'm all very on, real I am, scenes there. Yes. I liked that they were very real, and I was so on Virginia's side the entire time. And I liked that this movie did not pick a side on that. Oh, agreed. In fact, I feel like the movie sided a little bit more with the idea of like kids should be independent and yes. they need to have their lives. And, and the idea that you can't you can't put your entire happiness, the onus of your happiness on another person. Mm-hmm. You have to have internal happiness as be well. Them your kids or your partner or whoever. Exactly, because like you can't control other people and you shouldn't mm-hmm. try to control other people. So like you have to have having like internal happiness yeah. instead of pushing it all externally on people because people need growth they need Mm -hmm. to leave they need Mm -hmm. independence and so you are just you're destined to be unhappy if you yeah can't do that and there was a whole beautiful and extremely well-written conversation between Teresa and katarina in virginia's and tommy's apartment where she was basically like hey 
give them space. They need to be able to cook and clean and like Virginia, Virginia needs to be able to play the role of mother that you played to Tommy. Yeah. Like it's, so oh, it, I think she specifically says where Katarina, there's something where she just said something to Virginia where she's like, don't do that to my son's child. And Teresa oh, goes, I about, it's mm. her child too. Mm-hmm. And Katarina is like, it's my son's child. And Teresa's response is, but not your child. <laughs> Teresa had some great lines. Like she did. Wherever she lets you go, Katarina rain get to her follows. head, though. She gets Katarina. I mean, that Katarina part I get to her like. head. Yeah, that was the only part she did, though. But anyway, we're getting like way ahead of ourselves. Yes, but yes, yes. Tommy and Virginia ask Teresa to let Katarina stay with her and Marty because mm-hmm. they need her out of the apartment. Yes, because it's clear that their marriage is on very thin threads. Yes. if Katarina stays. Mm-hmm. And so Teresa's like, I have to ask Marty see if it's okay. When she finally does get to talk to him, he's like, oh, yeah, it's no problem. Yeah, Happy Marty's to have like, her. of course. And that was like the first – I mean, we get that he's a really easygoing, generally nice person. But like Katarina's a nightmare and they yeah. establish even before we see Katarina that Katarina is a nightmare. And so the fact that he's just completely willing to invite a nightmare into his space. Yes. <laughs> Which part of me to was like, his isn't cousin. this Teresa's house? So like one, Teresa's <laughs> amazing for asking Marty in the first place. Yes. And two Marty's amazing. But we for also know it. who's paying the bills. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Because Teresa does not work. I don't know how much of the like filial piety concept would have come into play in that, but like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, this movie is also a masterclass in why women should like have careers. Oh my God. Or just hobbies. Clara's comment about why didn't she find a good hobby was amazing. We'll get yes, to that scene. Yes. Oh my God. Um, I, that entire scene, I was like, I fucking love Clara. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, again, just set up as a really, yeah. really great person. Well, and then we also set up here that um, Marty's mother is very worried about him dying alone. Mm-hmm. Very worried. And he, they're eating dinner, Teresa yes. and Marty, a little bit later. And she is pushing him oh, and so pushing hard. him and pushing him. And it finally makes him crack where he kind of goes off because she's like, you should go out to the Stardust Ballroom and like go dancing and like you should wear the blue suit. And he's like, blue suit, gray suit. It doesn't matter. Like Again, amazing writing in this scene. Yes. Amazing writing. And amazing performances because Marty finally like gets up from the, like physically gets up from the table, has to walk away and yells. And he's like, I'm ugly. I'm fat. Like I... <laughs> Can I really just say for one moment, the only thing that his mom says in response is, you're not ugly. I know. <laughs> Which, again, really funny. And he's also not fat. No. So. He's, just not, gonna, he's not that big. Like, neither of the main characters that they're like, oh, they're so superlatively bad. Like, they constantly are referred not. to as or refer to themselves as dogs. And I'm like, dogs are they're adorable. Neither. Both of them, like... <laughs> easily clean up very well like oh yeah it's, so they're, anyway like they're not like and purposefully these characters are not made to look like hollywood mm-hmm. a-list star glamorous or anything right and they shouldn't be it was um, good characterization but i still exactly, like but they're not that is a gripe that i actually did have where it's like neither come on <laughs> i mean yeah neither of them are are like ugly but exactly. um but any but that's where we actually see that like like it gets to Marty. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I would love to have a relationship. No, I'm not happy, but like hey, I've, I've kind given of given up at this point. Well, and then he doesn't give up and calls one of the women the, that he and Angie had yeah. hung out with and is like rebuffed hardcore. Like the, I, the lines about what are you doing this Saturday too soon? Okay. How about next Saturday? I know. And the and Saturday after, after that, that, when he asked the Saturday after that, I, I was, I, oh, Marty. I had to look away from the screen and I was like, oh honey, mm-hmm. like when she says she can't next, if if she says she can't next Saturday and Just then she there. doesn't offer up the next time. So mm-hmm. like, like if she'd been like, no, I can't tonight or like, I no, I can't next Saturday, but I can the Saturday after that. Then, then like you're good. But when she's just like, I can't that Saturday, then like I, it was heartbreaking. Save, save yourself some pain and don't ask again. And the expression on Marty's face. I know was he just, just like so closes his eyes because he knows what's coming. Great acting. Is is really good acting. And but and I like, I like that he he's so polite about it. Again, he's a really nice well, person. And, and, and he also, doesn't expect anything. No, from and Marty Marty is a character who has gone through a lot of rejection, but he doesn't hate people and he doesn't hate women for mm-hmm. it. Like he. He I think he blames he himself bitter. a little unfairly, but he's, yeah, he's, he's sad, but he's not bitter. Like he's not taking, you know, he has like a couple points where he like has some anger and like mm-hmm. some frustration and some outbursts, but in general, he's not taking anything out on anybody else, which 
I hardcore makes us root for him. Oh, absolutely. So ultimately, he does decide to go out to the star Stardust Ballroom with Angie. with Angie. And I was like, honey, do not take Angie. Angie is such a killjoy. We hate he, Angie. We do. And it's evidenced by Angie just like ditching him. Oh, yeah. I love how uh, Angie ditches him no problem for a girl. And, and then he gets pissed. pissed when he like oh, actually like has a connection with this other human because uh, Misery likes company. Yeah, exactly. So they go up to two women. Angie is like, do you want to go dance? Sure. They go dance. Marty asks, is rebuffed. I feel like I would, kindly, dan- I would dance with Marty over Angie. Marty gives off more positive depends vibes. Depends on the mood I'm in. <laughs> Marty gives off more positive vibes and just like doesn't have like this sleazy aura to him. Yeah, but I am I in it for the night or for the long run? Does that make sense? Oh, I'm even <laughs> just thinking like, explicit. who would I rather talk to? <laughs> who would I rather talk to? Who I'd rather well, just generally be around? I... You're still having to be around that slimy vibe. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, I'm like, God, I'm such, I'm so basic. I'll be like, mm, I'm not getting good vibes from this person. <laughs> I don't like this energy. Mercury must be in retrograde. I don't like this energy. You need to recharge your crystals outside, just Maggie. To, Jeez. You're not giving me positive vibes right now. I need you to just like <laughs> calm down. So anyway, th- we leave them for a little bit, and this is when we get our first introduction to Clara. And so there's four four folks, two men, two women. They're obviously on a double date. Clara is one of them with this asshole doctor. Oh, my God. What a scumbag. Like, Angie is a bumbling also, scumbag. Also, not attractive this enough guy to be that is, much of an asshole. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. But he's a doctor, as I don't, we find out. Zero fucks given. Hey, some people care. <laughs> I think I have a mosquito bite. I have about 10 of them because we have a bunch of mosquitoes in our yard. Did you bring a mosquito over here? Probably. God damn it. We got really sidetracked really fast. Well, I have an itchy (laughs) mosquito bite. Well, I mean, this one doctor is basically an itchy mosquito bite because he's an annoying piece of shit. He's itchy mosquito bite of people. (laughs) Because it's evident that he is like not into Clara. He's the the first one who drops the word dog. Yes, which... Again, calling people dogs. It's so... That's like one step below calling someone a it bitch. Is, it is... <laughs> like, come on. It is completely fine to not be attracted to someone. Yeah. Like, if but you're you don't going have to, to be, be derisive yes, about it. Yes. Well, if, like, if you're going to be in a relationship with someone, it is very important to be physically attracted to them. Mm-hmm. That is part of being in a relationship with someone. Like, it is fine if you don't want to date someone because you're like, I'm just not physically attracted to them. That is fine. No one should get mad. If you look at someone and you're like, I don't want to date you because you're a dog, then people can get mad and they should. Because she also you should has not a degree from NYU. Yes. But like, she's yes. a badass. And you should not talk to people like that. Like, there is you, no reason to talk to people or about people in those terms. Completely agree. So that, again, established him really quickly as being a total asshole. Oh, yes. Because Clara is clearly, like, very sweet. Mm-hmm. And I unassuming. feel like her, because it's her sister who sets her up, right? I don't, I think it was some friend. I, I, Whoever I'm not it was familiar with the other two. should have helped her pick out her outfit. They did her dirty yeah. by letting her go to the ballroom in that. But, she was in, like, college graduation robe looking well, things. But it's, the costuming, actually, I think oh, this movie is really, really good because... It intentionally does not fit her very well. Like, the fit on her clothes is not good. Like, they're clearly, like, a little too big for her. They drown her a little bit Mm -hmm. because um, Betsy Blair has a very small frame. And I think that's very important to the character. Yeah, they were able to take somebody who I very firmly believe is a very good-looking person and probably, like, in real life. Well, it's sort of like how Brienne of Tarth in Game of Thrones, like, they managed to make her look very plain- in the series even though she yeah is no kidding a model in real life so um it's like the same thing that they did here and Mm -hmm. it it was honestly i think it was well done even if i was still like no no no. i think i think like again i think her friend did her dirty by not like helping her but like i also think that costuming choice is such a brilliant thing on the movie's Mm -hmm. part because it it sets her out from a lot of other people in that ballroom because Mm -hmm. that is a very crowded set and the way they shot through that and like moved characters through that, I thought was really well done. Mm -hmm. And it also like does important things to her character and kind of enforces this like meekness and this shyness. Yeah. Well, and we also um, kind of after that, it's very clear that asshole has met some like seen someone that he knows and wants to ditch Clara and the whole scene where he's going around trying to find somebody to take Clara home. Oh yeah. He's like, I'll pay you five dollars to just, Take her home. And Marty, thank you, Marty, for being a I, kind person. Because I, I thought the setup to this was potentially going to be that Marty accepts it and stuff. Yeah. 
But Marty's like, he says like you, the guy's like, cause I want to ditch her. And Marty goes, you shouldn't do that to a girl. Yeah. And I was just like, I love you. <laughs> yeah. What a, like, but like he's got these, he's so principled for someone who has been let down so many times. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just like, what a good character and like, what a great way to show that a character is good hearted and mm-hmm. like deserves good things. And to be like, you can still like be let down in life and like, you don't have to be bitter. Like you can still be a good person mm-hmm. despite disappointment. Yeah. Well, and this scene and too, both Clara and Marty are, they really are. But this scene I think is one of the shining examples of like, honestly, this scene I can kind of see the cinematography in and definitely the directorial choices and Betsy Blair's performance. Oh my God. So you see Marty looking on to asshole, I'm just referring to him as that because yeah, yeah, he fine. doesn't deserve a name. He has one. <laughs> um, goes up to another guy. It's very clear he's giving him the same offer. Other guy accepts. You see them walk over to Clara. And Clara, being, again, a badass, is like, no, you won't take me home. And you can just see that is like, another the look on her face. thing that I love about Clara is that, like, you know, I was describing her earlier as meek and shy. But Clara also has some very strong principles Mm -hmm. that she will stick by. Like, she's not a weak character. Not at all. Like, she's a subdued character, but she's not a weak character. She's quiet. Yes. I'd say. I wouldn't even say she's subdued. I think she's still, like, I don't know. She's there, and she's only there because she wants to be there. Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh, Yeah, I don't, there's just something about both the characters of Clara and Marty that are so refreshing. Yeah. And so immediately endearing. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so well written, so well acted. Well, and after you see the jerk and the guy that accepted the jerk's offer walk away, I'm going to tear up when you're talking about this shot because I like, legit the way up that she's time. standing up because she's sitting at this table, mm-hmm. and then she stands up at the table, and she's still like surrounded by people, and she's just kind of looking around like she doesn't know what to yeah. do, she doesn't know where to go. You can kind of see even from a distance she's getting like a little bit upset. And then she just turns and walks really fast out this door to this like little balcony mm-hmm. and, and runs away. And I it's like Marty goes after her. Like, oh. So hard. It was absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. And then we finally get to see them out on the balcony, which this, the, this Marty, was yeah, sweet. Marty goes out mm-hmm. and is just One, like, the lighting in this scene was yes, amazing. Yes. And he's just like, and I like that he doesn't ask for you. Okay. It's, do he, you want to dance? He just asks her to dance. Oh, it's, it's so unassuming. So su- it's so unassuming. It's so sweet. It's the idea that he he knows what she needs, mm-hmm. but he's also not going to be like invasive. Like he's not going up to the stranger being like, "Why are you crying?" Like it's He's being empathetic. Yes. It's it's the exact perfect thing to do. And Makes she just love starts him even more. crying into his shoulder. And I love the awkward shoulder pats he does. Yeah, he's like, do, do, do I do this? Yeah, he's like, okay. I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't know how to handle this. <laughs> but then we do get some, like, a really nice scene of them dancing together. Mm-hmm. And this is when Marty goes on his speech about how, like, he's a dog too. And, like, it's okay. And he's like, he's like, well, and at first he starts with telling her, he's like, you know, you're not as much of a dog as you think you are. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not as much of a dog as I think I am. And he kind of is like, he's like, you know, I think I'm a nice person. You seem like a nice person. Like, we're fine. Yeah. And it's, well, and he has some funny lines. Like, it doesn't is. matter if you look like a gorilla. And I'm like, oh, honey, you don't look like a gorilla. I know, but I, <laughs> the way, the way Clara takes it. I think makes it it work. Yes, agreed. It's, it's like again the idea that like she under they both understand exactly how each other feels and how they've been made to feel their entire lives mm-hmm. and like they both get it and so they're able to kind of talk on those terms and I the way Betsy Blair will just look at him is so good. It's like this innocent is not quite the right word. It's, it's adoring but not over adoring and it's she looks at him It's like with interest but it's like, like with this interest uh, and this happiness of having finally found someone who understands. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, God, their chemistry is Camaraderie so good. almost. Like, yeah. I, I, I think it's funny that, well, again, I think it's kind of a testament to her acting that we can't come up with a good yeah, like, like word she's, or two. It's just like a mix there's of like, so And there's emotion. like some amusement in there. Like, yeah. I, yeah. It, it's really good. It's, it's like really you good. can't describe it, but you recognize it immediately. You feel it is yes. the thing. Yes. Oh, my God. That's such a good way to put it. So it, Quote of the episode. goes to Mr. Ian <laughs> Bailey. You feel it. <laughs> you can't define it, but you feel it. Oh, my. 
I'm not sure I need to own that. Anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) so we do get some interspersion of the other story with Katerina, but we'll go over that later. So we we cut back to... We'll backtrack to that mm -hmm. before it becomes like really relevant at the end. We we cut back to Marty and Clara walking down the street and Marty will not shut up. This went on a little too long for me, but then I also like that he keeps calling himself out on it where he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I won't shut up. I'll let you get a word in now. And then he doesn't. And he's like, I'm doing it again. But and like Clara just finds it so amusing and so funny. She's like, it's fine. Which is so sweet. Yeah. Well, and you you realize later, because you we get a scene with her talking to her parents where she was like, God, it was so endearing that he just wanted to talk to me. And they sat for apparently, well, one, they went to a diner, which all I could think was, is this a mid-century Waffle House? <laughs> like, oh, given they came from Don't the club. Don't even get me started <laughs> on the values of a 2 a.m. Waho run. Well, apparently oh. this was only 9 to midnight, not 2 a.m. But <laughs> I don't think I've ever spent three hours in a Waho, but... I've probably spent more than an hour before. I have two on like a road trip when you need to like stretch your legs. Definitely. But or when it was really busy. It's clear when they're talking there that like they have good chemistry. They're laughing at each other's jokes. He's telling some story about being the best shooter in his yeah, battalion. He's, and he's in the army. It's just really sweet seeing again how she's just like really into this conversation. Yeah. And, and then she's it. also giving some background on like herself and her family and how she works for the school. And um, this is where Marty's also talking about how he's been um, his employer at the butcher shop has offered to let him buy the business and like he wants to, but he's not sure because of all the supermarkets moving into town, which I have to say, if there is a place that a local butcher still is going to survive, it's New York. Well, and let me, let me tell you as well, this was well-timed because I happened to listen to a 99% Invisible podcast episode where they brought on John Green for his Anthropocene reviewed, and they reviewed Piggly Wiggly, which was the first supermarket, and actually was transformative to the like grocery experience and put a bunch of people out of business. Oh, I'm so, sure. like in the fifties, that was a very timely thing. Yeah, yeah. Highly recommend that episode. Yeah, I'm really sure. Good, I'm sure but... it's a big concern. I and I again, I don't know the full history of this. I imagine that New York City would have been impacted less because mm-hmm. there's like real estate issues there. Yeah. Um, and you have those communities like the Italian American community that like very right. specific things, but it's still, um, I mean, like, but it's still like, it's a valid we business. We come concern. to find that he's going to spend like four grand on it, which like four grand is a lot of money. Yeah. Like it's a, a lot it's money. a business concern, like for, for sure. Um, but he's, you know, talking to her about it and she's like, well, it seems to me like you're a really good butcher and that you really want to buy this. So like, I think you should. And then there's gives him this very sweet speech and vote of confidence that it seems like Marty's never really gotten from anybody. Yeah. She's like, I know you're a good butcher. Just she's like, you're capable. You. Yeah. Which he needs. He, he needs, he needs he more positivity need be, in his life. Yeah. He There's doesn't need his head blown up. But... Speaking of vibes, a lot of negative <laughs> ones in Marty's life. <laughs> Poor guy. He's, it's getting better as we, we can tell. Yeah. Um, but he also, I, I don't know if it was this scene or later, it's but he's the same one. Oh yeah, yeah, because they're walking on the street. Mm -hmm. Because she's talking about there's she's been offered this job as head of the science department as a woman in the fifties. Like, can we point that out for like? So first off, um, this is how we know Clara is a straight up badass at work. But she's she's currently you know teaching the sciences out in a place in Brooklyn. But she's been offered this job as like head of department, and she's like, I would never get it in the New York City public school system. But like, it's a long commute. And I'd probably have to get a car, and I like don't really like cars because I don't really like driving. I'm like, afraid I'm going to kill someone. Yeah, like, like it's. Eh. Which okay, fine. I mean, cars are so ubiquitous for us that right. We're like, but like, what? she also but, lives in a city where she probably never had to own a car. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like you and I have been driving for at least a decade. Like yes, <laughs> like actually. Yeah. So like you know, it's we're more used to it, but like for her, I can see why that would make her uncomfortable cars back then. Probably also a lot harder to drive, Mm -hmm. but he's still just like, you should take it. And if you get lonely, just call me up and I'll be there or I'll call you up or, and the the way that he kind of fumbles over himself in that is just so earnest and sweet. And it's clear that he's there to, talk her up and be like this really isn't a problem you're gonna be fine yeah like you can the, do it. the mutual support between the two of them is so good and i also like that he he doesn't do anything being like oh you shouldn't move away because like this is a really good thing he's like yeah the Ugh, the support between so nice. the two of them it's so good and it's clearly something that both of them so badly needed mm-hmm. and i think even though and we will talk a lot about clara's scene with her parents because i loved that scene so much 
it's clear that she has a lot more emotional support than Marty does. Mm -hmm. But I think that there is something to be said about hearing that from not your family. Oh, yeah. Because it... Not that your family's obligated to be like, on you your side Because like you may not always get you may not always get along with your family, but they do love you. Yes, like they kind of have to love you. <laughs> well, I mean they don't have to, but like they kind of <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like a, but there's some like built-in level of support for many people in families where right having it from an unbiased outsider is nice. Yeah, yeah, like it's there. Yeah, there's a level of unbiased there, and like the idea of like, oh, this person who I've known for three hours, who I've talked to, feels like I'm a capable individual. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's something to be said for that, and I think that does a lot of things for both of them. Oh, agreed. And in the the same sequence, we also get an interaction with uh, Marty's quote unquote friend Ralph. We also throughout this have gotten various shots of Angie just looking for Marty. Oh my being god, pissed, and it's great. He goes to the bar. <gasps> we didn't need. I don't think I needed quite as I many didn't. of those. I don't care about Angie. He but can like, go fuck himself. I think <laughs> for real, I think that there it is important that you see the at least the initial one of where mm-hmm. he can't find Marty in the club. Which I have to say, though, I was thinking about that and I was like, that would never happen today because literally if you and I had gone out and one of us like went off with someone, the other person would be called you and been like, where the hell are you? I would have been texting you and texting you and texting you. And if you did not respond in five minutes. Well, first off, if you're a little red, Ike, if you left me on red, then I would have called you and hunted you down if that had (laughs) happened. But like if you were not responding, I would have flipped and i would have like been calling you i have actually done this when we were rooming together that one summer and you oh, were on yeah. a date and you told me you, you were going to be home at a certain time and you were like over an hour late and i straight up called you and i was like where are you are you alive i needed that thank you <laughs> i was so worried <laughs> i was, like, I was fine i'm still late. here it's i know fine. you were but, but I was really worried. I was having visions of Ian lying dead in a ditch, and I was really, really worried. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was one scene of him going around. He makes it to the bar where they originally met up, and this this is where I was like, the side dialogue is amazing. You have to- two older women at the bar. This talking. broke my heart considering the current state of okay, our I will say, political climate. I was like, this is why birth control this was the is a fucking of- thing. I mean, yeah. It was the epitome of plot twists, too, because they were talking about how, like, oh, this woman and her husband, and they're having this, like, jovial conversation about, oh, isn't he the little man that da-da-da-da-da? <laughs> yeah, the She has six kids. Asking. What? Is she going to die? And the doctor's yeah, like, Yeah, because the doctor straight another. up was like, you can't have another kid or you'll die. Yeah, but she does. But then she gets and pregnant, then, and I was like, hashtag birth control. Because it was definitely available in, in the, the 50s. 50s. yeah. I don't know if the... Even to married women at this point. Though oh, I guess 100%. you did have to have your No, 100% permission. to married women. It was a very... It was available to married women first. I don't think you had the pill yet, but you had like other mm-hmm. forms of birth control that were p- pretty reliable. Yeah, but th- their dialogue was really funny. And then they hit you with the no, she died. And I was like, what? You were like so happy and funny. And then all of a sudden plot twist. And I was like, ooh, I wonder, they, if, this just is, hacking, like, like, I wonder if this was like a little bit of pol- politicism, like sprinkled in, in a way that was interesting. kind of unassuming, but also... I, Actually, like, within whoa. the context of like characters like Clara, there is almost a little bit. There's a little bit of feminism up in there. Oh, there is because the immediate next scene, they end up at. Um, well, sorry, we we forgot to talk about the one scene where um, Marty turns down his friend's offer to go take a couple women to an empty apartment and in do the whatever. S- his friend is being so fucking sketchy. Oh, so sketchy, and it, you hear what actually happened, and it was a whole bunch of nothing. <laughs> Um, yeah, just people got being drunk and loud and drunk running and, and leaving yeah. shoes places. But yeah, um, but Marty again, it's reiterated that he's not going to leave Clara. Well, and the and I, for like quote money in the bag, whatever the hell that means. He, yeah, a, a quote, we know sure what that means, thing, but but like, <laughs> well, and I, the way he says it to, and I I think it's interesting is it's not e- like his justification isn't even like I'm not going to abandon her because I like her. It's like I'm not going to do that because it's not right. Yeah, so he doesn't really care about the feeling part. It's more like, I'm like, going to treat a person with respect. Yes, like, clearly the feelings are there. But to Marty, like, even if the feelings aren't there, like, people should be accorded a certain level of respect, no matter who they are, mm-hmm. no matter what their position in life is, because he has a little bit of self-consciousness about being just a butcher. Yeah. And no matter, like, what they look like. Yeah, definitely agree. So anyway, they get back together. They go to Marty's house. They talk a little bit. It's evident that Claire's like, I should probably get home, but we'll still talk. Yeah. And it's, 
and you, like, understandably, like, she's a little uncomfortable. She's like, I just... Being in this guy's house alone. Alone, very late. It's, like, mm-hmm. what, 1 a.m. or something they establish. And, like, it's... I will say, this is she, the... She just met him, yeah. like, super recently. Like... But this is the one scene in the film where I was like, oh, God, that lighting was horrendous. Because they had, when they were at the table, the lighting on Clara was really bad. And I was shocked to see how bad it was compared to the rest of the film. So anyway, I think that scene lost its yeah. cinematography. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I also, um, Betsy Blair's body language is so good. You can tell she's a little uncomfortable. Yeah, she's not letting down her hair, so to speak. Right. And, you know, Marty's even like, would you like me to take you home? And she's like, yeah, I think that'd be It'd a probably good idea. be, yep. yeah. But then Marty tries to go in for a kiss, blows up when okay. she rebuffs him. This was the he, one scene. He, this was the one scene, but he dials it back super quick. He does, which was nice. Yeah, like it's... He has that, like, moment of, like, frustration and anger, but he also realizes he's wrong Mm -hmm. and dials it back. I have to say, though, he goes in for that kiss the creepiest, weirdest way. (laughs) (laughs) He's, like, helping her put on her jacket, and then he, like, kind of, like, has his hands on her shoulders and, like, kind of comes in around from the side. And I was like, don't do that. Like, this is, this is, if Marty wanted that kiss, this is the way he should have done it. Right? Movie made Takes her home. He no life lesson. <laughs> he takes her home on the doorstep. He says, "I had a really good time. I would love to see you again. May I kiss you?" So simple. She probably says yes cuz she clearly had a good time too. Sweet little kiss. And they're there. Make plans. But had that blow up not happened, there we, we wouldn't have had this beautiful scene between them in the living room. With one, the gorgeous shot through to the dining room from the living room with yes. Marty in shadow and Clara in the light. It like, oh, so pretty. Yes. This is where he's apologizing. Yes. And, which, thank you, Marty. And Clara, Clara explains to him, I, I, I had a great time. Well, she's like, I had a great time tonight and I, I didn't not want to kiss you because I didn't have a great time. I just, I feel kind of uncomfortable in this situation right now. Mm-hmm. And that's why. And Marty accepts that explanation and and she keeps reiterating I very much want to see you again yes yeah it was so sweet she's like you're the kindest man I've ever met very much want to see you again and I I think they tentatively make plans for yeah he's like um well and because he had had that phone call earlier and you can tell because we only got his side of the phone call Mm -hmm. with the other girl but he had been like yeah I know it's kind of late to call but like I didn't know I was gonna go to a movie until like just now and because you can tell that she's like giving him the business for being like, how dare you oh, ask yeah. me out last minute? But he tells Clara, he's like, you know, I, would you like to go see a movie tomorrow? I can call you around this time. Um, it's, it's It might be a little late, though, because like my aunt's coming over and I have to help with that. And Clara's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'll wait for your call. It was like, so sweet and unassuming there's again. There's such great communication between those two characters in that scene. Mm-hmm. Really was. It's really, really good. It's interrupted, though, by Teresa. Now, I think we need to backtrack a bit to explain this scene. To go back into the Katarina Teresa plotline because it would explain kind of yes, agreed how the scene messes with some of Teresa's emotions. Because mm-hmm. remember, again, she's been so concerned about her her son Marty getting married. Yes, very concerned. Really, really desperately wants him to get married. Bugs him about it constantly. And when she goes to talk to Katarina, and we've already talked about some of the dialogue where she's telling Katarina like the baby isn't your son's child. It's their kid their child like it is also virginia's child a young couple needs their own space like they need to be able to figure this out on their own they don't need you breathing down your neck Mm -hmm. and katarina's like oh god all she does is complain and talk about who's died well okay so they come in and they immediately start trading one-upmanship on who has the worst pain which was like so such a good characterization of like both of them yeah Katarina mostly because she starts out with a negative. Well, and then like Teresa's trying to tell her about all this happy stuff, and Katarina's like, "You know who died?" <laughs> oh, oh, and she calls her out on it, and it's like, "Oh, it's great talking to you. Always have such cheerful news." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Katarina's also kind of plants the seed in Teresa's mind that like all kids grow up one day and abandon their mothers, and it's like this is why you shouldn't put everything on your children because that's very unfair to your children, and like. And Katarina's complaining about having to sleep on the couch in her daughter-in-law's house, which, granted, that is... Oh, and Teresa, again, is like, in sucks. this three-room apartment... Three rooms. There's a bedroom, a living room, and a kitchen. Like, where the hell else are you going to sleep, Katarina? Yeah, so... In between your son and his wife? She wishes. Oh, God. 
She just wants any sort of barrier between them. I feel I like swear. I feel like she just desperately wants to break up that marriage. I don't know if she knows why she wants to or that she yeah. wants to, but I think she wants to. But mm-hmm. she's complaining about how like she like Jenny won't let her cook and all this stuff. Which although it's established that Jenny's like, no, I told her she can use the kitchen whenever she wants. She just doesn't want to use my pots. And like, what do you want me to do? Go out and buy an entire new set of pots that we don't need? And I'm like, God, I I'm with you, Jenny. Like, they just can't do it. They're they are a young married couple who just had a kid. It's not like they can yeah. just do whatever. Yeah, like they. So yeah, they're very much in the right. And Teresa has some other really good lines when she brings up Katarina living with her, where it's like, "Don't make an opera out of this." And yeah, it's she's like, like, "Just come live with me." Space. Well, and Katarina's like, "What would you do if Mar- if Marty got married?" tomorrow and then he wants you to move out and he's like oh we should go to this nice new apartment in a better part oh, of this town was later. oh yeah that was later yeah, that was later but she's like if he gets married and wants you to move out and Teresa's like then i would come see you the next day but you can tell oh, it kind of hurt her a yeah. bit and like but the, anyway that conversation and then a conversation that happens later once katarina has moved in where marty's really excited they're like getting ready to go mm-hmm. to mass and he's like trying to get them to go because he wants to come back and call Clara. And, you know, he talked to his mom about all that stuff. And then Katarina is going to plant some more. Well, and she did like about the moving to apartment and Marty like verbatim. That is, that that. is one thing I did not like about the writing. I did not like that. He immediately did it verbatim. Yeah. It could have been, it felt a little too, there were a couple things like that where it felt a little too perfect scripted. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Agreed. Um, but because of all of those conversations, that's where when going back to the scene with Clara and Marty and, uh, Marty's mother, that's when they're, they're starting to talk about like, oh, can I get you food? What's going on? She starts talking about Katerina coming over and needing to do X, Y, and Z. Basically ask Clara, like, what's your opinion on like a mother-in-law living with them? And Clara, she's, again, she's. She's got certain ideas and principles and she's going to stick by them and she will express them when asked, but she's also going to do it in like a very polite way way. because she says, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know the people involved, but I think generally that like a young couple should live by themselves. Yeah. Which I think is completely fair. Mm -hmm. And the, again, I, I referenced this earlier, but the line about like, oh, well maybe she should find a hobby. Like does like, it, yes, or she says, there. like, doesn't she have a hobby she could like put her energies into? And then Teresa's like, a mother's hobby is her children. And I'm like, that is okay. unhealthy. Direct AF. quote. What is a mother's life but her children? And I'm like, if that is what you want from life, okay, fine. But you gotta figure out how to make it work. But when you gotta you gotta re- yeah, like it's like you gotta if you're gonna do that, you gotta do it knowing full well that one day your kids will be off on their own and you will need something else to fill your time. Yeah. Yeah. But I can I cannot I mean my parents chauffeured me around all the time went for like various activities and stuff but I cannot imagine them not have had it having like some sort of a hobby or something yeah to like fall back on yeah but um I literally to this day cannot get a hold of sand on weekends when the weather's nice because she's down in a garden I was like <laughs> you have a cell phone awesome. this is what cell phones are for she's like I leave it inside it's yeah. fine <laughs> Hey, if you need that piece, I was like, you I need needed that piece. to ask you a question about my taxes. <laughs> it can wait. She's like, you're 20. You shouldn't wait till the end of, like, the middle of April to ask her questions. I, she knows that I'm going to panic during <laughs> tax season every year. Why isn't she available? Oh, my. Um, but it's very clear at the end of that conversation. Did I mention earlier that I'm 27? <laughs> Bless your heart. Um, <laughs> Anyway, getting back to the movie, it's very clear that Mrs. Paletti, Marty's mother, Teresa, is very concerned about this newfound Clara at the end of that scene. Because originally she's so excited that Marty has a girl there, but then... But yeah, then this conversation's like, oh, she's not going to just be this subservient, whatever, whatever. She's an NYU girl. Which, according to Katarina, these college girls are just one step above the street. Jeez, Maggie, do I need to worry about you? (laughs) Oh, no, I am a college girl. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god hey Um, still one step between me and the street but only one (laughs) (laughs) i'll just be real careful not to fall (laughs) trip on my working girl heels anyway (laughs) marty ends up taking her home and we get a beautiful scene with clara and her parents so so sweet well one the lighting when she came into the apartment i straight up cried I did too, Patrick. Patrick was sitting next to me and I like look over and I'm like tearing up and he's like, you're crying, aren't you? Yes. Yes, yes I am. <laughs> because she 
it's very clear that she had such a good night and she's just telling her parents and is so excited and so happy about it. I love the way Betsy Blair plays the excitement too, because you can tell she's so excited, but there's still like this like contained quality to it that like fits so well with the character. It's like she's so excited, but she also doesn't want to get her hopes up. Well, and she's also like, okay, I can't figure out how to put it in words. Let me see if I can like actually do it. And then she ultimately gives up and is like, we'll just talk in the morning. Yeah. And her parents are listening to her so patiently. And they're like, she gets in. The first thing they ask is like, did you have a good time? Not why are you late? Yeah. Which was Well, she is so 29. Great. Well, but remember, she was like, I told my dad I'd be home at da 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 But the fact that he was just like, oh. Oh, hi. Again, this is a time before cell phones when you could easily mm-hmm. like shoot someone a text. But no, that, that little touch there was really great. And it was, it was so again, the end of that where her dad was like, I'm so excited that she's well, decided goes, to take this I job. I don't quite. Un- yes, because she tells him that she's decided mm-hmm. to accept the job. And her mom's like, I don't quite understand what she's talking about. Do you? And he's like, well, she's decided to take the job. And I'm so happy she's doing that. I think it's so good for her. And he even says something about how like, I'm going to miss her. Like, I love her so much. You're tearing up right now, aren't you? I'm tearing up too. (laughs) It's so sweet. Because they also, they go to the movies every Saturday together. Mm -hmm. And so. But he's okay for not joining so that she can hang out with Marty. So that she can go do something. And I, the relationship between her and her parents is so, so good because he's like, I'm, but I'm so glad that she had a good time. And I hope that boy calls. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Oh, it was so sweet. It was so sweet. (laughs) So we cut to the next morning. Marty's getting ready for church. Ma is very clearly not happy about the Clara development. She even... You can't have it both ways. You really can't. You can't not have it both ways. She's grumpy at home getting ready. She does apologize for it, which is nice. But then she starts talking and needling with questions she's being at mass. So, it's so insidious. They're like on the steps about to go into mass. And she's like, there was just something about her that I didn't like. And I'm like, you th- felt threatened because you have no hobbies. Exactly. So go get a hobby. Oh. And, this and was, let your 34-year-old son grow up. This was after the conversation with Katerina, where Katerina like sows these seeds of doubt about Again, like, moving further. to a better neighborhood and an apartment. And then and he whatever. says the exact same yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so it's like very clear that Marty is disappointed about this. And it's like, oh, she's not a good Italian girl. And I'm like, why does she have to be a good she's Italian Catholic. girl? She's Catholic. Exactly. They established this they already. already which established that was really Catholic. cute when they did that. But um, yeah, I was not. Oh, oh, and the comment about her looking like 35 and 40. I was like, oh, Yeah, and he's what? like, she's like, how old was she? Like 35, 40? And he's like, she's 29. God. She looked so old. Like, I hated that I, It made so me much. so mad that like his mom, who's been like pressuring him to get married, and when he's like- And who I liked up until this point. Yes, and when she's like, no, 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 you're not ugly, and- you can get like whoever you want, and and then she's like then being disparaging about somebody else. Yeah, like, that it's made bullshit. me so mad. Same, especially when like Marty clearly is so happy and really really likes Clara. Like he's yeah. singing the entire time he's getting ready. Like it's the first time in the movie that we have seen him look just straight happy. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that his mom then is like. Once again, putting everything on her kids by being like, oh, I'm worried about this thing that like may not actually happen and like which is actually just part of life and part of people growing up. Yep. That like she's going to then try and tear down like the one good thing Marty has going on that's like really kind of brought out this positive, you know, at least short term change in him Mm -hmm. and his attitude and his outlook because like of shit Katarina said. Yeah, I. It made me very unhappy. Like, even if Marty were to like move out and leave, she could still have such a positive relationship with him and yeah. Clara. Like you do not have to be Katarina. In fact, I encourage everyone to not be Katarina. Don't be a Katarina. Don't be a Katarina. Teresa, That's you don't a, have to be that, a Katarina. I'm gonna make that happen. That saying happen. It's a mouthful though. We'll make it work. We'll make it anyway, work. um <laughs> and so we get that scene, which is like, oh God, mother's against it. And then it's Marty hanging out with his buds, like God, Angie like, and a couple Marty, and other folks. Okay. There that is- whole conversation there was really painful to me because they're talking about like what assholes these other men are to women. Like there was a scene about in a novel where someone yeah, this shot guy's talking about this not the character in this novel like it's his hero and he's who like who shot his girlfriend in the stomach yeah and he's like like what was it is like he gets all the girls or something like that and he's like talking about these like horrible situations and i was like dude that's fiction that is fiction that is not real life 
was written by some, it's a fantasy. Like yeah. that will never be you. And they even have these comments about like, oh, a woman should always be 20 years younger. And then the comment about like, you would have to marry her when she was one. And I was like, oh God, and if guy, we didn't cross the line before, we definitely well, crossed that the put, line now. That puts shit in perspective. It really does. And the guy's like, oh, I never thought about it that way. And it's like, yeah. 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 There, it's, it's so clear that like, Marty's so much better than yes. the people he hangs out with. And what kills me is they're able to convince him to not call Clara in this whole conversation. Because they're like, don't hang out with a dog. You'll get a reputation. And I'm like, fuck the people who Marty think already that you're going to get a reputation. And Marty already has the entire neighborhood telling him he should be ashamed for not being married. That's what also gets me is they're like, you should be ashamed for not being married. But mm-hmm. also, like, you shouldn't marry her. God. It's it, like. Stop being inconsistent. Marty needs to make himself happy because nobody else yes. is going to be. And we're going to get to that very soon. But we get another scene. Like, we, it comes out that Marty, like, did not call Clara at 2.30 like he thought. It kills me. Kills me. I teared up again because there's just a shot of Clara sitting on her couch with her parents watching Watching TV TV. and just tears coming down her face as she quietly, quietly cries. And oh, my God, my heart straight up broke for her. It did because she, ugh. Well, and then my whole response to that was, okay, fuck him. You call him. Come on. Be a modern woman. <laughs> Did she have his number, though? But then oh, also, no do you want to call Did someone? Did they exchange numbers? I mean, clearly, because he has hers. But, like, do you want to call someone who clearly doesn't want to call you? Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. So, yeah, that was heartbreaking. But the final scene in the film. <laughs> it's, it's the repeat of the, what do you want to do? Uh-huh, I don't know what you want to do. And Marty, again, he's, like, standing there leaning on this pipe, eyes closed, just clearly miserable, being like, what the fuck am i doing yes here? and he has this beautiful line about i had a good time last night i'm gonna have a good time again tonight and basically tells him to go fuck off and goes in and calls clara and then angie follows him and is like being all pouty and what is it he says to angie and i loved it so much oh he looks at angie and goes you should be ashamed of yourself and gives him the why aren't you married you should be ashamed of yourself speech to angie and then yeah. clara picks up and he talks to her on the phone and then it ends. And it was, it was that, that was ending. the bookend that I really, really liked. I it's did that too. like Marty's like, fuck you, I'm gonna do what I it's want. The, it's the biggest fuck you to them and just being like, look, I can sit here and I can be miserable like you losers, or I'm gonna go take charge and be happy. Despite the fact that people keep calling her a dog, I liked her. Clearly good supportive relationship in mm-hmm. the offing and like Fuck everybody else. Yes. So, yeah, that ending, I was like, hell yes, cheering on the couch. I know, Sam. And then they had in the credit end credits this, like, funny song about Hey Marty. And I was kind of like, where did this come from? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> but anyway, that that's fine. The movie was I wonder really if sweet. that was, like, the television theme or something. Maybe. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I this film was I so I enjoyed sweet. it. I really enjoyed it. And, like, as much as I loved off the, on the waterfront, like, it was a rough movie. So it was nice to have something that, and again, like this, this movie, like it's sad. It point, it points like Mm -hmm. we both, what, I'm going to put the cry count at three for me. At least twice for me. I'm going to say two cries, one tear up. Yep. I'm on board with that. So it's like a two and a half cry count, but like it ends so perfectly. And there are moments that are so incredibly sweet. And I loved just having two characters that were just so good. Yes, like, agreed. Just unequivocally, unequivocally good people. Definitely agreed. So I, again, really, really refreshing film, given the string of less happy things that we've been seeing. Yeah. So I guess, do we want to go into lists? Let's go into lists. You start. I r- actually really like this movie. And I think that the acting and writing on the whole was actually really, really strong. So for me, I put it in at number six. So it's after All About Eve, but before it happened one night. And that really, yeah, I know, I know, I know that would send a message to you. Like All About Eve, I think. Because I know you loved It Happened One Night. night. But I think that All About Eve edged out Marty in terms of cinematography. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, the dialogue in All About Eve is, even with dialogue as strong as Marty, it's so hard to beat. It really, really is. Like it's, it's such a snappy like movie. It, well let me put it this way so marty was kind of a smaller cast and a smaller like story in and of itself and executed amazingly all about eve was a little more expansive so that's that's another thing that was like in all about eve's favor now for it happened one night i think the dialogue while amazing could not hold its own against marty that's my opinion 
so I know you disagree with me. At least you're the, the way that you're looking at me means that I think you disagree. A little bit. I also just have, I have an incredibly strong bias for It Happened One Night. Mm, okay. The joy factor of that movie is so strong with me. Yeah, but the joy factor of Marty. <laughs> I know. Um, so I am sliding Marty in at number 10. I did really, okay. really enjoy this, though. Um, it is right after How Green Was My Valley, which for me, How Green Was My Valley, also really strong performances. Mm-hmm. Set and cinematography are just a little bit better. Okay, I can see that. Um, and there's just something about like that the way they wove in that score and that also had really good dialogue. But before From Here to Eternity. I'm very much on board with that. Yeah. It's and I would say top ten at this point because we've done so many. Like again, we're on our twenty eighth, so anything that's hitting top ten is really, really strong. Definitely agree. So yeah, I again, I actually this is one that I would recommend. It's one of the shortest ones we've ever yeah. watched, and it really, it really is nice. And like we've said, like it, it holds up incredibly well. Yes, the the, the themes do. Again, the language I was kind of like, eh, why are but we again, calling people dogs? But, but again, it, it like works. it's it'd be the same today as calling someone like fugly true which i still think that i would still think people were scumbags for calling each other right that, like so. like again it's it's the same conversations we just have like different words and different language these days like yeah. sadly it's the same conversations mm-hmm. a lot of the time so so whether you liked marty didn't like marty think we missed the mark on something or if you think we hit the mark preferably um please feel free to drop us a line on social media at best pictures pod on twitter and instagram or if there's something more long form you'd like to say to us please feel free to drop us a line at best pictures podcast at gmail.com you got them right don't worry i know i was really worried (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah thanks for listening and please join us next time what is next time the 29th best picture winner around the world in 80 days oh I think that's going to be a good episode. I am excited. I generally like that. Film. Yeah, I was going to well, say, story, um, I say, if you haven't already before that episode drops, I'm going to recommend going back and listening to the Father's Day special we did on The Searchers. Definitely. Um, because that movie came out the same year and it will de- almost certainly come up at some point during our Around the World in 80 Days episode. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So thanks for listening. Join us next time.